Heavenly Father, thank you for your written word which points us to the Lord Jesus. Today we thank you that Liz has come with whatever you've laid on her heart to bring to us that would change all of us as we hear your word for us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, well, this is your final chance to escape and do colouring and sticking, or otherwise you have to listen to me. (laughs) Uh, Now, until very recently, I was uh, a vicar in Hamilton, which is a new housing development on the edge of the city of Leicester. Uh, But now I've got a new job since November, and I'm working for the diocese, and my responsibility is around discipleship and vocation. So my job title is Discipleship and Vocations Enabler. Um, And in the three months I've been doing this job, I've been trying to work out what on earth that means really. Um, So one of the things I'm doing at the moment is I'm travelling around uh, visiting churches around the diocese to find out what other people think. So I'm hoping today to be able to pick your brains a bit um, and learn from your own experience. Because all of us in this room will have very different stories about how we came to have faith in Jesus Christ. Now, for some of you, that might be um, one significant event. Something happened and that sort of completely changed things and uh, you had faith. For many of us, it's a more gradual process. Some of us were brought up in faith or it's just been a, a gradual thing that's happened throughout our lives. However, we all know that, that it's not like uh, we just get given a gift And then you just sort of hold on to it and cling on to it uh, for dear life, and that's it. It's more like a map that leads us on an extraordinary journey. So here I've got, um, this is my guidebook to the southwest coast path. Uh, Because a friend and I, we've set ourselves the goal that we're going to walk the southwest coast path um, and we're doing it in sections. We've only done two sections so far. Uh, It'd probably take us the rest of our lives to complete it, 680 miles. And of course a journey like this one is not just about the destination. It's about all that we experience along the way. Now, our experience of doing this is that some sections of the South West Coast Path are really tough. Uh, we've been left breathless, we've been left in pain. There have been times when we've been terrified as we've had to sort of come down scree slopes in terrible weather. But also, of course, we've come to places where we can stop and rest. Occasionally you get a National Trust cafe and can have a scone. There have been moments when we've experienced incredible beauty. We've seen secretive wildlife. We've seen breathtaking scenery. We've met incredible people along the way. And all of it, the tough bits and the great bits, have added to the richness of our experience. So if I have another visual aid here. So if you imagine this has a piece of string running through it, that this is your journey of faith to date. 
And it has along it some, some sort of knots. And those might symbolise significant events that have helped your faith to grow. And weaved throughout it are the sort of habits that we've developed along the way that have again enabled our growth in faith as we've gone along our journey. And they've enriched your walk. And that's what discipleship is. It's about growing our faith. It's not a one-off gift that we receive, but a long-term journey of our life that grows and develops. So I've got a question for you this morning. If you're thinking about your own journey of faith, wherever that might have started and wherever you are, what would be the knots along the way for you? And what are the threads that have kept it going and kept it growing? So you have a moment to think about that. So have a think. What are your knots and what are your threads? So you've got a few moments to think about that. Now, I don't know how you normally conduct yourselves in this church, so forgive me because I'm a newcomer, okay? So I'm going to get you to, to sort of, maybe if you've thought about a few knots and a few threads that have helped your faith to grow, I'm going to suggest maybe have a conversation with the person near you. Maybe share a few of your knots and a few of your threads. So um, if, you're, if, if you think, oh dear, I don't want to talk to people, then that's fine. Uh, you can sit on your own. But I would suggest, just go check, because it might, somebody might learn something. They might learn something about you and they might be encouraged. So s- share with people around you some knots and some threads. <coughs>
Okay, I'm going to draw your... You're all deep in conversation, but, um, but I'm going to sort of draw them slightly to a close. We could just continue, really, but I guess, I guess you need to get home and have lunch. Yeah, no, they don't, do they? Oh, my word. So just... Um, around the diocese, what has helped your faith grow? And one of the things that quite a number of 
people have told me is actually suffering. Actually, I went through a really tough time, and that was really hard, but, but that really was significant in my faith journey. So they sometimes are mountaintop experiences, and sometimes they're, they're really deep in the valleys. And so a whole range of things that helps our faith to grow. And of course, as people have pointed out, this journey is one that's best not done alone. We are called to share the journey together. There's that sort of adage that it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a church to raise all of us as disciples. And it happens in stages, doesn't it? It can start with an awareness of God. And it grows as we learn more about him. And we need the help of one another to help us to do that. It can further develop as we, as we were suggesting, as we integrate our faith into all aspects of our lives. We think about what does it mean to be a Christian in my place of work? What does it mean to be a Christian in my household? How do I order my household? How do I live with my family and bring up my children? It affects all aspects of our life. And that is vocation. Who am I called to be? Where am I called to be? And what is God calling me to do? The journey of discipleship, and it's about vocation. How do I live out my faith in the world? Another stage is about growing and using our gifts to love and serve others. And we need other people to help us to see what those gifts are to nurture them and encourage them, to give us feedback when we're doing things well, to celebrate our gifts and give us space and opportunities to exercise them. And as the journey progresses, we grow in our inner life with God. And this part of the journey is hard. It's like my sections of the up, uphill sections on my southwest coast path. And we need to be in a community of where others are committed to love and support us, where we can find a safe place. Maybe we have things to deal with from our past. Maybe we need to lament the things that we've lost. Maybe we need a place where we can learn to truly accept and love ourselves, warts and all. We need a place where we can be helped to forgive those who have wounded us. This is a deep part of our journey, a significant knot, but it draws us into healing and transformation and a greater union with God. And God leads us on this journey in the company of others because ultimately he yearns for our freedom our fruitfulness, and our flourishing. In our passage from Romans today, Paul reminds his readers of who they truly are. Because in this room today, we look like a lot of Clark Kents, pretty ordinary people. But the truth is that we are all rather extraordinary. We are all exceptional 
because our true identity is that we are not Clark Kent's, but we are supermen and women, because we are children of God. And we are told that creation yearns for the glory of God to be fully revealed in us. That's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? That is who we are. And in the meantime, while we wait for Christ to be fully revealed, we are the unified body of Christ here. And we are called to reveal the glory of God in the world. Each of us has been chosen, blessed, broken, filled, so that we may be shared out. And this is true for us individually, but it's most especially true for you as a community of faith in this place. You are fellow pilgrims. You are called to share life together, a life that is of such quality that others will be attracted to it. A community life that is of such quality that God might entrust the lost and the broken to you. As you travel in the company of each other, you can inspire and equip one another into depths of discipleship. Enable each other to find their vocation. And as this church, you have a a call that is uniquely given to you by God. What is the call of this church? Who are you called to be and what are you called to do? So maybe this Lent you could ponder some habits that you could put in place to grow deeper in your own faith and to commit to pray that God will reveal to you who among you you might be encouraging in their faith journey. Maybe you've seen something in them that they have not seen in themselves. Part of my role is vocations, providing opportunities for people to explore this stuff for themselves. Uh, On the 14th of March, we have an annual vocations day to which you are all cordially invited. And you might know some people that you might encourage to come, thinking about a range of vocations as I've said, in our households, in our places of work. And also those specific roles in the church that enables the church to flourish. And in my role as discipleship enabler, I'm asking people questions. I'm asking the question, what has helped your faith to grow? Because then as a diocese, we can actually grow those things. You see, if people say to me, actually, this is something that's been really significant, we think, well, how can we enable that to happen for more people? So at the end of this service, I might sort of, over coffee, ask you a few questions. And if you're willing, I might write them down. Because I'm sort of gathering some research to find out where are the knots and what are the threads and how can we better encourage one another into depths of faith.
So I'm going to finish very shortly because I've probably overrun significantly and I'm really, really sorry. But I'm going to finish with a, a favourite piece of scripture of mine. So um, it's on bits of paper, so I'm going to give you a copy. I don't know whether I've got enough, actually, but you might want, in sort of true teacher style, you can take one and pass them back. I never was a teacher, but I think this is what you're supposed to do. And just as I finish, I'm going to read it out. And it might be one that I've given it to you so you can take it away with you and ponder it. But for me, it's a really significant one because it reminds us that we are all committed to a journey of pilgrimage, of depth of discipleship. But it's a journey that we go on together. And this reminds us of the fruit of that journey. And it says, it's Psalm 84. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of lament, they will make it a place of springs. The autumn rains will cover it with blessings, and they will go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. And so if I may, I will pray for you as I finish. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you have chosen us. You have called us to this place. That we are children of God and that we can reveal your glory in the world. We pray for your blessing on this church. That as you call them and equip them, that you will enable them to be fruitful in the world. And so we commit ourselves to you and ask that you will lead us into the depths with you. Amen. Amen.